We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. First up, I hope everyone is doing okay in isolation and I hope everyone's family is all right as well around the world. So we're actually going to talk about the situation that we're in at the minute in regards to players and clubs and the distance and the difficulties and the challenges. We're joined by Gavin Levy, who is head of academy coaching at Aberdeen in Scotland. They have put some unbelievable work together on social media that I saw and I wanted to get them on the podcast and talk about it from an elite level and also some ideas that we can all take when we're trying to communicate and still impact the players that we're working with at this time. So really excited to hear your thoughts on this. At Gary Kernin on Instagram, at Gary Kernin on Twitter. Let me know what you think. I know there's a lot of coaches who are online at the minute that have some time in their hands. We have freed up a lot of our content on the Modern Soccer Coach platform. We've also got regular stuff now that we're putting up on the website, just articles, blogs, interviews. So modernsoccercoach.com, please check that out. If you're interested in joining one of our remote coach workshops, we've got another one coming up on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Drop me a direct message or shoot me an email, gary at modernsoccercoach.com if you want to join that there as well ways just to keep the, the wheels turning keep thinking about the game keep getting different ideas on board keep talking to coaches keep connecting with players we're all trying to do it so I appreciate your help and support with that before we jump into things i'd like to thank sports lab 360 for again working with us on this one the soccer iq focus platform gives players the ability to develop their soccer iq right from home which is certainly a valuable resource at a time like this more to come from them at the break here is gavin enjoy Gavin, thanks so much for joining me today on the Modern Soccer Coach podcast. Yeah, nice to be here as well. Uh, under the current circumstances, Aberdeen Youth Academy have done an amazing job of promoting individual practice during this time. And I wanted to ask you if individual practice was, before this all happened, what place did it have in the uh, club philosophy? Well, well, that's where we've been kind of fortunate with this because... Once we found out, Gary, that we were going to be shut down from football, all our academy players got issued um, with a programme pretty quickly. Um, the, the sports science team had a programme out for them. Um, we had some analysis, homework out, which we can talk about. Um, we also had some education programme out as well. And then the technical tasks being given to them as well to be completed by the 31st of March. But the homework side that you're seeing online just now is something that's existed here for probably 10 to 12 years, if I'm honest. Um, we've had that in place for a long time. So some of the videos we've shared are just common practice. But we had a competition ongoing anyway with the lads that the first lad to pass level six would be put onto the Youth Academy Twitter. So once we did that um, and we saw the response it got, we were like, right, hold on. Let's just, based on current circumstances, there's going to be heaps of kids out there sitting thinking about that. So rather than just think about ourselves, put it out there, see what happens. And then 
yeah, this this week's been a listen. It's been a bit of a laugh at the same time as well. You know, we're quite light-hearted people. We like a laugh too. And but if it's inspiring other people to get involved, and I'm sure now the schools are closed, certainly over here in the UK, um, we hope to see more video content. So basically, there was a. It wasn't just anyone who sends in. We're going to post it on Twitter. It was like yeah. it had to meet a certain standard before it was going to get posted. Yeah, of course, and. Um, you know, every, every video that we put on there is consent by the parents. The parents send us the videos in the first place. And then, you know, we've got a safeguarding officer as well who looks after all that side. So everything's got to be right for us to allow us to do that in the first place. But, yeah, the homework program is something that's ongoing. And probably one of the most important messages that we explain to the players is it's it's not what you do at the academy. It's what you do away from the academy. And if you go and ask any successful young player um, about their journey and I think every coach should do that you know find someone who's been successful within their club or elsewhere and say you know go and tell us what you did coming through the academy and a lot of the time it's about what they did away from you that's that's important so our homework program is massively important because of that reason you said that on the Friday you sent it out were these sent out uh, I mean I assume you've got your own program was it a booklet was it an email how did that look so we have a it's well it's in a kind of powerpoint presentation from the sports science side so they get given a weekly program which will change each week we are one of our biggest targets just now at Aberdeen is to have better movers and we want kids to be more dynamic you know we've we've spent a lot of time uh this last six months looking at some of the um best models at other clubs and we specifically were with Chelsea we've got good friends at Chelsea Football Club good relationships building there and we spent you know, a good few days down there, just looking at what they're doing with the very young players at the at the pre academy, um, to try and get them to move better. So we've been working on that this year, and that's something that'll continue. But our sports science guys are, are really switched on. They were right on the ball the minute this was about to stop, from the first team all the way down. Um, we have a program in place for them, and uh, the education program that we have is as simple for the young ones as here's a list of things we'd like you to watch on Netflix or Prime. And it's just things that are easy to do. There shouldn't be any excuse unless they don't have that format, but we always make sure we give them um, a small number each week, which are um, across different platforms. And then the video analysis task, we give them just one of their recent games and it's very much for them to do some self-evaluation, but it's specific to their position as well. Um, and then the technical task they have is, to be completed by the 31st of March, but we'll disclose a bit more of that on the uh, the Twitter platform um, later date. Again, something that I'm, I'm quite interested in, You you how do you balance between you know, the going away, this circumstance, a lot of uncertainty. There is, a, I'm sure, a, a lot of empathy towards people, what they're going through, but you, know, you are giving them deadlines. This is a professional environment as well. So how do you get that balance? I mean, the, dead, the deadlines, uh, we have to have that target, like you say. Um, now, for us, it's not just the fact that they're off school. That you know they'd be training three or four times a week with us anyway in the evening, and it's about them making time. I mean, if I give you an example, um, I mean we're just probably at the beginning of this uh, tough time here in Scotland, and we've not really, you know, entered into the thick of it yet, um, if that's what we can call it. But um, when we have our progress meetings with parents at the moment. We don't tend to break every individual's game down into little bits because we're working with these players three or four times, five times a week anyway. So to sit and have 15 minutes with the family, it wouldn't make any sense to go over stuff that we're going over anyway. 
Um, so what we talk about is what you're doing away from here. So if I give you an example, we have a young player who's really, really kicked on in the last six months. And I said to him, you know, wh why do you feel this has been your best term? And he says, because I've practiced more than I ever have away from the club. So I said, describe it. And then his mum stepped in and said, well, I'll stop here. She says, I don't know anything about football. But when I go down to my breakfast at six o'clock in the morning, there's a sign on the, uh, the table saying, at Park. Now, he lives away in the country on his own. And he got a bag of balls and a rebounder now because he want, he's been told he's got to work on receiving by opening his body. So he's bought himself a rebounder and he goes and does it. And he's probably one of the smallest players in the team. He plays a year up as well because he has just kicked on so much. And that's just, like I say, down to what he's doing away from it. So, um, yes, I think young players are going to have more time now. But what I would challenge any young player, let's just say, for example, we have eight to 12 weeks where we're going to be in this isolation phase. Why shouldn't every child out there in an academy come back and be a two-footed player? You know, you can practice in your house if you if you can be creative. You get on the back garden, and there's probably no better time now when we have all these excuses about unless don't get me wrong, Gary. Unless the health's an issue, right? But there's no better time now where we're going to be in this isolation period where players don't go and work on their weaknesses and also make their strengths even stronger. Mm. I'm going to go back to what you said there about you know the the most important time for a player is that time spent away that's going to be the the crucial component do we as a coaching community then give ourselves way too much credit for the time that we have with our players do we overvalue that <laughs> yeah maybe a little bit i mean time will tell i mean i think there has to be this balance because nowadays we're in an organized sporting world as you know um and I think probably a lot of people assume that if they come to train uh, three times a week and that's six hours training content, that that's enough when, you know, it isn't enough. And then the argument has always been, well, when you were a kid, you used to, the only time you went into uh, from playing was when you got shouted in for your dinner and so on and so on. This might create a little bit more of that environment. And I do think, though, that when the players come back uh, to the academies, whenever that may be, you will clearly notice which players have done the work and which players haven't. And when I say do the work, I'm talking about having focused practice, not just having uh, going and practicing free kicks, um, which the kids like to do, or just crossbar challenge. You know, you're talking about something that's deliberate that's going to help improve them. So, yeah, I think there has to be the balance. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a massive place for the academies, but I think if we're building uh, or helping to build young footballers, like I say, go and speak to the individual and to answer your question, ask any young player um, what it's like coming through an academy system and they'll tell you that it gives them a good environment to, to develop. And that's one thing we're very proud of. We have a really strong team of staff. Aberdeen pride themselves on personality values, but we're just really the environment to let these players come through and we're the guides. The connections with the parents then during this period here, again, the time of uncertainty, how important it is it that that the club connects with the parents and keeps that line of communication open? It's probably one of our biggest strengths, if I'm quite honest. Um, we've made a conscious decision over the years to take parents with us. Um, you know, until November, when Sir Alex Ferguson, I'll throw a name, and opened our training complex, um, we didn't have training facilities uh, for a club the size of Aberdeen Football Club. Um, for us not to have our own training facilities and have to use university facilities wasn't good at all. And it was um, 
for a professional football club like we are. So we've always had to rely on the parents. So we've tried to develop a culture where they're involved. Now, what that's done is it's actually taken away a lot of the problems because they know the boundaries. Um, but, you know, they can pick up the phone to us at any time. We've kind of got an open door policy with that. Um, and so for us asking parents to get involved with this is actually no problem whatsoever. Um, I mean, tonight alone, <laughs> tonight alone, we're meant to actually be at a parents association dinner, which was, I think, had 300 people attending it um, to raise additional funds um, for the club. And that's just something they do off their own back. And the fact that we have that parents association similar to maybe what schools do, um, yes, we've got to manage that right. But it, it's another strength to um, our culture and our environment. You mentioned about the the other side of the game, the the S&C, then the tactical side. I assume they're doing homework as well. Lifestyle management, diet, stuff like that. Is that something that the S&C group have, have looked at yeah. as well? Yeah, the sports science guys are, are, would, would task all that in each one. And um, like I say, it's everything's age specific. Um, listen, I mean, being away and being in your, I mean, there's different ways, isn't it? People could be away and not eat enough, um, depending on their background. You know, when they're in this isolation period, it could be tough for people, don't get me wrong. Um, but at the same time, you might get the ones who overindulge because it's too easy for them. And again, I, I think it goes back to sometimes the sacrifice and desire. And this is why these documentaries that we're asking them to watch, I mean, the Andy Murray one, for example, that's. Uh, on just now it shows the sacrifice and how hard it is to in an individual sport of course but to to make it to that top level and what you've got to give up so we're hoping that some of these messages get through and um, help them adapt the lifestyle in a period where they're going to spend a lot of time at, at home one of your videos you mentioned specifically perseverance and di desire to find ways to practice are these areas that that you feel young players can can almost when we talk about those we talk about them almost in the physical area of desire but like is this now a challenge that you're challenging players to find a way to get on the ball find a way to if it's a couch if it's a kitchen whatever yeah, yeah. it's it's always been that i mean we we were very very fortunate he's retired now i was speaking to him this morning about the work we're doing at the minute but jim crawford had a cover coaching background and uh you know 20 years ago when he came to aberdeen um he was very big on building in this this homework program and he, he, he used to laugh with all the mums and dads about how their carpets were all worn out and um, how there was various things broken in the living rooms. And um, this is just still ongoing. So it's nothing new. But when Jim started that work way back, all we've done is we've just evolved the program to be to take certain aspects to be a bit more game specific. But, you know, when people talk about the desire and what you just said there, we all talk about desire and we all think of it within the game. That oh, that lad's got good desire in the game because he's flying into tackles or he's um, you know, bombing up and down the park. But you know, kids have a desire to play. I don't think, you know, all the kids want a game, but how many of them have a real desire to practice? You know, Gary Neville um tells him himself time and time again that he wasn't technically the best footballer, but he had to go and bang that ball on the side of Man United's training ground at Carrington time and time again with lots of repetition to get better. And, you know, their culture at Man United at the time, and I'm, I'm certainly no expert on it, but I, I thought it's a great example. You know, Eric Cantona instilled that additional desire to practice at, at Manchester United as well, which 
led Beckham on to become a good free kick taker and Eric Harrison, the great um, finisher at Man United, used to promote all that as well. So, you know, they were players who made it to the top, who had a real desire to do that extra work. And that is something that every coach should be trying to do. And you said it before, we shouldn't be taking too much credit for their development. We should be putting more on them, but making sure that they're still guided on the right path. So to give you an example of um, just before we came on here, there's a young lad working on one of his tasks just now. Um, he happens to be in a squash court <laughs> at the moment um, in probably the local leisure centre, unless he's got one in his house, which I would very much doubt. But um, And he's working on this receiving practice that he's designed himself. And uh, it looks good. There's a good intensity about it, but he's too close to the wall. So to get the realism of punching his passes through, all I've had to do is screenshot that video, send it back to his dad with, the, with a, a little scribble of where he should have the marker. So all I'm doing there is guiding his practice. He's the one doing it all. So he's probably spent all that time doing it today and he's going to be told, well, no, no, you need to move it back and do it better. But if he wants to get better at it, he'll take the advice on and go and do it, I hope. We'll take a quick break here. So with keeping everything we've discussed on the show so far about finding ways to keep the development process moving forward, there's no one better suited to jump on with me at this midway point than our friends at Sports Lab 360. Welcoming in founder Nick Manzoni. Nick, how are you doing? Hey Gary, just uh, keeping keeping perspective and taking it day by day. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you making time. So you've heard Gavin talk there about some of the things they're doing at Aberdeen that keep their players moving in the right direction. Where does Sports Lab 360 fit into the idea of keeping players engaged at this moment? Yeah, great question. So to put it simply, Sports Lab 360 is a resource that clubs can use to keep the tactical development of their players moving forward um, while they're unable to train. So most of what you see clubs doing is focused on technical skill, which obviously is a great thing, just to be clear, um, but it's only one component of player development. So what's obviously a bit more difficult for clubs to come up with on their own uh, is a way to keep the tactical and soccer IQ development of their players moving forward, um, which is where we can kind of come in and, and lend a hand. Absolutely. It seems like for everyone using the buzzword soccer IQ, now is clearly a time that it's never been more practical to get their players onto a platform like yours. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the clubs that can pair a great technical program, whether it's something they've created themselves or, or outsourced, so to speak, um, with a tactically focused program like Sports Lab 360, uh, those are the clubs that are going to come out of this thing with, with just a much more kind of well-rounded and developed players, um, not to mention happier parents and members. So for those listening and interested today, what should they do? They should definitely get in touch. Uh, we're making it super affordable and accessible at this time. Um, and, and out of the dozens of clubs I've spoken with over the last week, I can honestly say there, there wasn't a single one that we couldn't find some sort of arrangement that worked. Um, so if you go on the website, www.sportslab360.com, you can find all my contact info um, on there. Brilliant. Thank you for joining us today, Nick, and stay safe. Thanks, Gary. Take care. So I know Nick and his team are working pretty much non-stop here at the moment with helping clubs and coaches. I'd urge anyone listening to get in touch with them as soon as you can. Get your team, get your club on board. It's effective, it's unique and it's a great way of keeping your players engaged during this moment in time and keeping them getting better. So, back to Gavin. I listened to Michael Bean talk recently about uh, the, in Brazil when he was at Sao Paulo they give the players the time. The players love the ball. They give them a bit of time to be creative at the at the end of practice. And 
and we're talking about the homework. Is there anything you do at the club with giving the players a little bit more space with you guys? Is that do they lead in any way there? Yeah, um, we, we've we've tried to organise something this year called the Captain's Initiative, um, and we're going to release it properly through the press. And it's for two reasons. It's for um, one is because there's a big push in the UK now about children having a voice. So listen to what the, the children want. But I also think that we need to create better leaders nowadays because look at the culture we live in. Um, you know, you, you, you go to the supermarket, you don't have to speak to the person at the checkout. You know, you go to a fast food outlet, if that's what you do now, and you order on a digital screen. So people stop that face-to-face -face communication. And um, I think we need to have better leaders just in life, not just on the football pitch. So the captain's initiative is something now we're really going to, rather than, which I think all teams sometimes, oh, we'll give him a captaincy because it'll motivate him for a little while. Well, no, the ones who are the real ones who are showing that real leadership qualities, making sure the dressing rooms are spotless, making sure that the if we go away at a tournament, right, lads, come on, the phones are coming in tonight. We're not going to be looking at phones before we go to bed. Let's get them in. The ones who are taking that responsibility on and also, of course, on the pitch, making sure that the leaders, they should get rewarded with the armband. And that armband should mean just as much as a player of the year award. And so this is where we're just starting this now. And the captain's initiative will come to various things. You'll, If at the older end, the captains will come to our uh, monthly in-service training at times, or if staff are going on leadership programmes, then why can't they come as well and uh, really get them in? So we are going down that way. We don't do a great deal of it at the minute, apart from um, when it's individual practice, yes, they get to go and uh, please themselves a little bit more. But more in our professional phase, Gary, is where we are seeing a lot more of that now. Since we moved to the new training ground in the afternoon, this time where the way our training grounds are way out in the in the country. So it allows all these young players time to go and do the extra work, which they're, they're really starting to do. And the problem we have at the minute with our under-18s, who uh, are actually waiting for the Scottish Cup final to happen now, um, the problem we have with them is they're just doing a little bit too much because... You know, there's there's not too many distractions around them, so they just want to be on the pitch all the time. Jump on that. You would have a few coaches today in, in elite environments that are promoting messages of listen, you gotta do extra, we gotta work on that. But then with the implementation of science and, and loads and too much and I mean, do you face a, a almost a different set of challenges once you promote that? That's 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 been our challenge for the guys at the minute. You know, and um, they'll also say to people, look, maybe you're going to need to do a bit more. And if you say that, you need to monitor what they're actually doing. Um, if it's just going individual practice, I mean, someone working on their, you know, said it before, they're finishing for 15, 20 minutes isn't going to do them a great deal of harm. Um, but our sports science guys, I mean, everyone's wearing these, the vests now with the chips in. So the professional side of it are, are doing that. Um, we have found since we have uh, upped our training hours, um, certainly at Cormac Park, um, since we moved there, that there is a little bit more injuries, but then we don't know if that's because everyone likes these new facilities and they're training a little bit more hard, or is it because um, they're doing a little bit too much? Um, we're not sure, and that's something that we're having to manage through at the moment. Um, but certainly when we get to the professional end of the academy, um, we very much see the sports scientists as being strong advisors. But at the same time, it's up to the staff to say, yeah, I hear your advice, but they need a little bit more today to maybe try and get that little bit of 
desire out of them um, in terms of the physical aspect of pushing through the boundaries. But then on other days, it's no, we'll take a little bit off and reward them. And um, but we we don't want to see hard work as punishment. Mm. We want to see hard work as I mean, people running a game. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not a big advocate of running kids all the time, but running's a big part of the game. So if you do something that's going to inspire them, and I know like uh, you watch the intensity on under tra 18s train at just now um, with Barry Robson, the former player, and, and Scott Anderson. Um, the intensity those guys are training at is is fantastic, but everything's competitive. So there's a competition side behind everything they do. So the running just becomes part of the competition rather than, right, we've got a run today, you know. What are the coaches doing at this time during the isolation? They're the ones who have to give us the uh, recommendations. See, this is the thing, you know, we can't isolate the uh, the rest of the staff. We're a very... In terms of the football academy world, we are a small, small academy. Um, and we have ambitions to be as big as we can. Um, and, you know, certainly in the tournaments we compete at, um, we're holding our own just now, which is, which is good on the international stage. And the coaches are massively important to that. And what they're doing just now is they, they are buying right into everything we do. They are the ones who have got to help guide. So our technical um, homework programme just now that the players are working through, they can discuss that with their coach through their parents um, just now as well. If they need to go on speakerphone and sit with a parent so it's meeting all safeguarding regulations, then fine. Um, the coaches are also tasked to work on our uh, online platform performance programme, which is the sports office. Uh, they have to get everything up to date on there. And it's um, we also have a tactical plan, um, which we keep in-house which we've only just released for the first time properly, which is all to do with our playing style. So um, we've only just had that published last week and they've all got their copies of that now, which they're having to study away. We've never really had this downtime. So um, they're going to be kept really busy. And if I share something with you as well that um, I'm, we're going to be really proud of and it's not really out there yet. Um, but we are a club who are still paying our staff, even though we've just gone into this isolation period last week. And, you know, I, you know, it's not for me to, I suppose, know why and how we can do that. But we are paying all the coaching staff at all the age groups, even, you know, the part-time ones as well. But what we are going to ask them to do is, you know, I don't know how many clubs are going to be able to do what we do, but we're going to actually say, look, in your area, if somebody phones Aberdeen Football Club and says, we are struggling with whether it's the shopping or whether it, they need to get some help somewhere, then can they call upon our staff to do that? And all our recruitment scouts, uh, our talent identification scouts, and uh, all our part-time coaching staff, along with ourselves, are going to be part of that. Um, because we are maintaining their payment while we're going through this period of time. Wow. wow. That's amazing. It kind of shows it's like what football clubs should be, shouldn't it? Like they should be in the, the pillars of community. It's what they used to be 50 years ago. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Aberdeen's really lost that ever, the family values. Um, you know, there's there's a certain type of person that uh, we employ. We have 11 personality values down the corridors at the club and they've moved from the, well, they're in the stadium and they're in the training complex. And the first value in Aberdeen Football Club is family. Um, and that's the first sign you see when you go in uh, because we want to be at the heart of the community. It didn't surprise uh, a lot of people at Aberdeen Football Club that are, 
charity at the club, the Community Trust, Aberdeen FC Community Trust. They won the UEFA Grassroots Club of the Year award last year. Um, so they were the number one in Europe for the work they do in the community to support um, various needs. I think they 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 have all the nice stats, but their oldest participants about 100 years old, and the youngest is about you know six months. Um, and there's a need for it just now. You know, Aberdeen is a is a tight community as it is. We are a one city football club, uh, one club, uh, the one club in the city itself. Now we've got Cove Rangers in League Two, but for a long time, Aberdeen Football Club has been the the only one in the city. So, yeah, I think people will come calling on the club, and the club has set up um, a hotline where they can people can phone in to ask for help. And if we happen to be living in those areas, then come on, doesn't matter if you're a scout. One of the charity workers, whether you're a coach at Aberdeen or you do the job I do, you, you should be willing to go out and help these people who find it tough in these times. The coaches that are listening to this and, and an awful lot of them in the US here at the minute that are, you know, they want to, players are going away and they want them to do the work, but how do they go beyond just ordering them to do a workout that they've got from an app or downloaded from a PDF and how do they move towards inspiring players a little bit more What's your advice there my for in our in our model is you need the parents buy-in or the brother and si brother or sisters buy-in you know you need somebody to help them and that can be a challenge because not every parent takes the interest in their you know their son's development and the other way some of them take too much of an interest in it and become overpowering don't they so getting the balance is tough but it just goes back to making sure that there's it's focused practice and you've got evidence base so, you know, you need to, if you're going to say, right, you must do this, then what's the consequence if they don't do it? You know, there's got to be measurable uh, targets to be set for them. Otherwise, yeah, go and do this practice and then, you know, how do you know they've done it? it, it it's the same as well. You know, the back in the day, fo professional footballers would be told, well, you've got to make sure you meet this score in the beep test when you come back to the uh, training ground for pre-season. Um, and straight away you find out if they've been doing the runs that have been set. You know, and you used to have players doing all kinds to make sure they shifted the weight, to make sure they made the weight at the last minute as well. So it's it's got to be measurable to make sure people achieve it. But you've also got to make it fun. And I think we talked about it before. Trying to guide the players rather than tell the players, it proves a lot more effective for us. You know, I'm not a big believer in this one. Yeah, kids just do it themselves. We went through a period of times where don't coach the kids, don't say anything, let them explore let them come up with everything but that took away sometimes uh some of the knowledge that coaches had and i think we've always got to get a balance you know give them some of the the old school kind of values that existed where they had to self-explore but make sure you're there to guide them and and not only guide them but give them the little bits of detail that are gonna um help improve them and i should say this that that is where i have 100 percent trust in our staff um, within the academy that one of the parents could pick up the phone to um, any one of these coaches during this time and say, right, my boy needs a little bit of help with this. And the players will know them. And uh, Sorry, the coaching staff will know the players game well enough to be able to guide their practice without saying, no, he must do this, he must do this. And we have a balance of, um, we have a balance of ex-professional players, um, but also some of the best organisers, some of the best... Uh, um, motivators you know we've got some really knowledgeable people from different backgrounds we've got a nice blend in our team so I also think it's important for our staff to say you know like like for example 
I still take a squad myself. And um, if one of the centre backs, well, they, they would know not to phone me anyway. I'm five foot six, but if one of the centre backs uh, wanted some information to go and do their individual practice just now, they would contact my co-coach, you know, Robbie Hederman on that one because um, he played for Aberdeen. He was a centre back at Aberdeen, um, and his special speciality is in defending. So, but we're all willing as staff to say, oh yeah, well. I'd, I'd love to answer that question, but there's someone else better who could answer that question for you. So I think we've also got to be willing to say that at times as well. And, you know, we have some really experienced uh, players. Maybe they're not the most confident at delivering, but they have some great information. So when you do the coach pairings, have someone who's really good at getting the message across and have someone who's got this background of playing 300 games or 500 games as a professional who you can lean on at times and they can give that little bit extra detail that's maybe required to get to that professional level. Fantastic. Kevin, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Really enjoyed this and really appreciate what, what you guys are, are doing, especially for, for not just your own community and your players, but also for, I mean, coaches around the world to see what you're doing and, and get inspired and also get some ideas as well. It's fantastic. No, it's, listen, it's a pleasure because I've, I've really enjoyed a lot of your work and your comments and, um, everything you do on social media too so um, I've been a big follower for a while so it was nice to get um, the nod yesterday and uh, when it came through brilliant brilliant hey, keep up the great work and uh, stay safe thanks a lot all right then see you soon bye bye thanks so much to Gavin for his time and his insight there I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did first off full credit to Aberdeen FC for that leadership of putting coaches around the community where they can help people. Uh, I don't know any other clubs that are doing that there, but I think that is, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's inspiring and it does make us all think about, you know, how can we do a little bit more? Sometimes as a soccer coach, you think, well, maybe I can, I can give some content away or maybe I can do, uh, give a free book away, but yeah, maybe there's, there's something we can do in our communities as well. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Second of all, when it comes to this isolated practice, I think what I learned there was that Aberdeen FC have their cultures in place to deal with something like this in terms of being without their players for a few weeks. And it's not a case of just giving them a PDF or giving them a book. It's part of their culture's practice. So the language and the messaging, that's consistent every day with their players getting better. They have a philosophy in their club that they value the time that the player is away from the environment and I think that is really really interesting sometimes as as coaches you know our messaging is when you're here it's really really important because we're the coaches and, and we're running everything and maybe it's something to reflect upon are our processes helping players enabling them to go away giving them accountability to go away and I think that makes us think as well the third part for me that I really enjoyed was that it's not just about isolated technical practice. It's not just about that. It's about you know getting the fitness, getting the lifestyle, the tactical piece as well, the education piece. Aberdeen are hitting these from all areas, and yes, they are a professional club, but you know we're all getting more time. Up until this moment, we're all getting more time with our players, so. We all talk about this holistic approach to player development, but if that's going to be a part of our club or be a part of our culture, then that has to extend to, to the conversations and what we're talking about alongside the skill work. 
and there's never been a player we all know skillful players that didn't make it I don't think there's ever been a player who has made it based on skill alone I think it takes so much more to create a top level players there's so many variables in this here and I think as clubs we have a responsibility to provide those resources and provide that messaging that it's imp- character development's important tactical analysis is important the science and the physical development is important so we are going to provide resources and provide guidance and provide support that's going to help you in those areas so i think that was that was really really important for me to hear that there because you know in, in the in this area of of social media messaging at the minute it's easy to think that it's just about the technical piece it is massively important but there are other variables in play as well and i think it's important that we communicate that to coaches that have some time in their hands at the minute to take on more coach education to take on some more ideas but also to review current processes in place uh, and maybe look at gavin's model at aberdeen and say we should be doing that there you know how can we put this in when we get back together are we going to be doing this what could we could we uh, maximize this area a little bit more could we utilize this person a little bit more uh, could we collaborate with sports science a little bit more and you can do that in the break as well especially with so many opportunities to to talk remotely i know there's a lot of clubs that work alongside physical departments that are not uh, attached to the club in terms of offices so you know maybe it's finding a way to improve that there so really really enjoyed that um hopefully we can we can keep this dialogue going we can get a few more people on that can talk about ways that we can help players and help coaches during this time as well so thanks so much to gavin uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this at gary Kernin on instagram at gary Kernin on twitter again stay safe stay inside and thanks so much for listening to the podcast we'll talk to you very soon goodbye Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources, head on over to Coach Kerneen on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.